The million dollar deal, I won't even get out of bed for that anymore. So the big question is, what are the top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate, grow their teams and add more transactions year over year while so many struggle? If you ever thought about this, you're not alone. No one has been able to get the answers until now. We spent the last few years helping agents sell billions in real estate, rubbing shoulders with top producers, which got us thinking. How can we expose more people to these insights to help raise the standard in the whole real estate industry? We then realized that we could help bridge the gap by getting secrets from the best of the best so that you can succeed. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. The second piece, the best resource I have ever come across to take somebody from where they are to where they want to go is this book here by Stephen Pressfield, Turning Pro. He distinguishes what it's like living life and running a business as an amateur. If you're not where you want to be, you're an amateur. The people who are succeeding wildly in this business, and they don't even have to be succeeding wildly. If people are fulfilling on what they actually want, they're a professional. And he so eloquently distinguishes both worlds, the world of the amateur, the world of the professional, and the beast that's in the middle. The beast that's in the middle is called resistance. And resistance is the most intelligent, articulate, creative, manipulative force that will thwart you to fulfill on what you want. And he does a brilliant job. I've read this book three times this year alone. He has done a brilliant job at giving people an access to fulfilling on what they want. He's going to have to pick it up on Audible as soon as we get off this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not a reader, then yes, but it is a book that I would highly recommend that you read because when you read it, you study it. When you listen to it, it kind of just goes into your brain. So with, I mean, this is, like you said, it's kind of the next element of, I think, what we're talking about today, which is like the performance side of things, which is kind of amateur to pro. Um, I, like, again, I, what, what I actually want to do on this, this episode very consciously with you, David, is, is kind of be a little bit more exposed um, because I think it's the right time to do it because this is really what we're talking about. It's like, you know, it's about being vulnerable because one, a, a lot of people have your vulnerabilities in common, right? And I think for, you know, for a lot of as- different aspects, I would still class myself as an amateur by that definition, right? It's like, have I got what I want in my life? Absolutely not. No, right? So by that definition, amateur, which again, it's fine by me. Um, but the I think the big delineation between say me and another person is like, I like what we do here, I'm actively fucking grinding and pursuing with intent exactly what I want. I know exactly what I want. Like uh, this isn't, I'm not kind of going, oh, I want like roughly this. It's like, no, I know exactly what I want. And I set myself a deadline to get in it, which was 2025, right? And that was my deadline to some of my, my, 
huge audacious goals, right? What do they call it? A B B H A G big hairy audacious goal was t- mine hits in 2025. But it's like I actively started pursuing my five year goal within 12 months. I was like, why don't I just try and do it in 12 months? Because I'll be a shitload closer than if I just accept it's going to take me five years, right? So now what I do is I'm actively pursuing. So am I a professional by that definition? No, definitely an amateur. But I am actively pursuing it. So I, I like that's just, again, me kind of exposing myself where it's like, listen, you know, we, we do some amazing stuff here. Uh, you know, me and Peter have got an amazing team organization. We, you know, programs ourselves, we host the podcast and we're here and we're doing things, but it's all levels. Like, you know, someone else might be listening to this and be like, I really would love a podcast like that. Awesome. And that's what their level of success, which is their pro looks like. That's not what ours looks like, right? This is a stepping stone of our bigger vision. And this is a key piece to the puzzle, but it isn't the whole puzzle. Right. And, I think I want to kind of dive into, for me, um, success and pro, we'll call it, is subjective, right? Hyper-subjective. Okay, it's, individual, it's on a person-by-person basis on what they would classify as being a pro versus being a parameter and also being successful. Um, and I also think that people get tied up into other people's dreams they go, I want this because somebody else wants it and they want to have more than that person. Like some weird, like just competition for no reason, like absolutely none. They get wrapped up in this, this world where they're like, well, I want to be Ryan Serhan. I'm going to be bigger than Ryan Serhan. Why? What? Why? Like, why do you need all that money? Do you need that power? Do you need the brand? Do you need all that? Or this goes back to our last talking point, which is like really figuring out what the fuck you want. Like genuinely knowing exactly what you want will then lead you to understand that you don't need to necessarily be the next Ryan Serhan. You might, you might, but a lot of people won't. And I want to address that really, that you bring up a really good point because you really want, if you really want to understand that comparison is the thief of all joy. Okay. That's the first thing. The second piece is to what you said. Why do you actually want that? I would assert in most cases, that's not actually what they want. And you do need to go reflect, go for a walk, go by the beach, go in the forest, wherever you are, take some time off your phone and ask, what do I really want? And say it with intent and then listen. Because most people walk around the world aimlessly saying, I don't know what I want. That's bullshit. You're just not saying it. You're just not saying what you want. Because the reason I say that is there is no other business in the world where you can go and make the kind of money that you can make in the real estate business to go fuel something else. 
you can't walk in anywhere, just get a license and bang, go make a hundred grand in 12 months. If you can tell me, cause I've never seen one. So that's where the whole thing shifted for me is yes, I was doing really well in real estate, but then there came a point when I just couldn't take it anymore. I didn't want to take your phone call at nine o'clock. I don't give a shit that you have an opinion about this house and the color of the windows. Like I was just getting really like, I didn't ever, of course I would never say that to somebody, but then I had to recontextualize my participation in the industry. And that was the, that was the pin is there. This is a beautiful access to something else, which I have now started, which we talked about in the last podcast and what I'm doing. But that's the thing. You probably don't want your life to be about selling homes. And if you do, amazing. But the thing is, most agents don't. I know personally, the most influential agents in Toronto, they are my friends. And they fucking envy me. They're doing millions a year. Why? Because I've had the courage to walk away. I'm done. And they're crushing it. But their soul is shriveled up into a raisin right now. They're overworked. They're dealing with agents who are a complete pain in the ass on their team. And everyone says, oh, you can get a coach and turn all that. It's bullshit, guys. Yes, you can. Of course you can. But when you're growing a business that fast, it's going to have a, it's going to have a toll on you. So I share all of this because just because you see these, these people crushing it, you have no clue of the impact that that is predictably having on their quality of life. And if you think you do, you are highly misguided, highly misguided. I know very, 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 very few realtors who love what they do. Very few. And I'm not going to name names, but some of the biggest listing agents in this city, I am very good friends with, and they cannot wait to get out of the business, but they're trapped by the golden handcuffs. They're making millions. Leads coming in, sell this $2 million home, this $5 million, the $3 million, like, how can you turn that away? Well, you can, but that's the trap. And to come back to your point, you do have to get in tune fundamentally. What do I want? Not the, not what the industry is telling me, not what my broker of records telling me, not what this person's telling me, not what that person's telling me. What do I want? So Dave, I got a question for you. If you're willing yeah. to open up about this. You just walked away from a multi-million dollar listing that cost you so about 30 grand. That's right. What was that experience like? Because when, when, when you say golden handcuffs for everybody who's listening, it means you're doing volume, you're bringing in your, 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 you know, quite a hefty commission, mm -hmm. but you've reached a place and point in your career where you're like, I'm not dealing with this shit anymore. I don't care if I put 30 grand into this. Yep. I'm walking away. You got it. You got it. So the situation was this. 
Um, I've had a great year in real estate. I've worked part, part time in the business. I got a young guy who works with me. I've been very blessed this year. And I made a decision in September to go all in with my agent attraction accelerator course and my rocket fuel Academy course for realtors. Six weeks. Sorry, that was in August. End of September, I got a phone call. I was literally sitting at my desk and I got a phone call from a past client of mine. And she's like, I need you to call me. I was like, okay. She's like, look, we're interviewing realtors and we really like you. Can you come over today? And in that moment, I was like, today? It was two o'clock. I always knew he was wonderful. She presented to be wonderful, but I knew she wasn't. Very demanding. <laughs> so I go over to the house. I give them my whole pitch. I win the business because I'm very good at doing that. And I knew, I knew this was not going to go well. I knew it in my gut and I did it anyways. I've had a great year this year. This is going to s- send another 80 grand into my pocket in a couple of weeks. Awesome. Fast forward, she's not taking my advice. She refuses to listen. She thinks she knows more than me. She's being insanely demanding, micromanaging. And it was stressing me out. I'm not kidding you. For Yes, I'm trained. Yes, I've got the mindset training. Yes, I've led programs at Landmark and I'm still human. I'm very sensitive. So... I almost fired them two weeks ago and then we had a big conversation and then we had another one on Monday and I was losing sleep for the first two, two and a half weeks of the listing. And I'm like, what am I doing? Well, I'm kind of trapped. I'm $28,600 into this thing between staging, marketing, news articles, like all that fun stuff. It was a $4 million listing. And we got on a call on Monday and I finally was able to begin to penetrate her brain with what she needed to hear. And then he calls me after and he has this real heart to heart with me. He's like, Dave, I really appreciate our friendship, man. And I'm really, really sorry that we've been difficult and, you know, it's been really stressful. Like I get all of that. Okay. But he really owned up. And I'm not kidding you. I had a tear in my eye because it was the first time a client ever called to apologize. We had a real heart-to-heart conversation. It was, it was lovely. And I was like, oh, finally, they're getting it. I recommended a $100,000 price reduction. He said, no, let's just get this sold. We're going to go for $150,000. Well, last week, her and I both agreed that I would stay on with the staging for another 14 days out of pocket. She then followed up with me and she said, uh, so you're going to continue the staging until the end of the listing, correct? And I was like, no, that's not our agreement. And then she went on this whole other tangent and I just kept coming back to the agreement. And then she got even nastier and nastier and nastier. And I said, guys, I'm canceling the listing. I'm done. And I'm still dealing with it. Three days later, she's still barking up my tree. But it came down to two things. I was dealing, I was sharing this in our, uh, on one of my coaching calls for my program yesterday. 
Your intuition and your gut never lies. When you ignore it, you will pay the price. One way or another, financially or not, you will pay the price. And I paid the price, but I paid the price for the greatest investment into my intuition and relationship with God, because it was a clear reminder that was sent to me to saying, dude, you're done. Like, stop it. You're done. And she had notice how I haven't mentioned him really. She had to come into my life and my business for me to actually finally learn the lesson. Finally. And if you're listening to this and you know that a client's going to be difficult, I don't give a shit how much debt you have, how little money you might have, how bad you want the commission check, how sexy that listing is going to look or that buyer deal is going to look on your Instagram. I don't care. You need to look inside and listen because if there's any anxiety about this in your gut, get out now. That is the third client that I fired over the course of my career. And this one was the worst client experience I've ever had. She was, she's terrible. But the thing is, she had to teach me that lesson. I'm done. I'm going to build my online empire. I'm done. I'm going to lead transformational programs in the real estate industry. I'm done. And if somebody comes along with another carrot and it's a nice big deal, I'll give it to Mark who works with me. I'm done. And it comes down to listening to your intuition and setting boundaries. What are the boundaries that you have set around your relationship with yourself and how you allow people to treat you? What are the boundaries that you have around yourself and running your business? Are you on the phone till 10 o'clock at night? Are you on the computer till 10 o'clock at night? You got to set boundaries for yourself. I put my down my, my phone down typically at seven. Will I pop on Instagram and float around YouTube? Yeah, but work-wise, I'm done. But it's, it's determining your boundaries with your clients. We are in a boundaryless industry. Everybody thinks that you're at their beck and call. Well, you're not. You're not. And if that's the way that it's going, you need to set expectations with your clients. Agents don't set boundaries and expectations with their clients. And the expectation is this. I work regular business hours. I'm on my phone at nine. I'm off by six. Just like you have business hours, I have business hours. The only caveat to that, an exception, is when we're working on a live deal. And the only other caveat to that is if I really like the client, like really like the client, like they, they take my advice, they're easy to work with, by all means, I will pick up your call at seven o'clock. No problem. But you need to set those parameters for yourself. When do you check your email? When are you on your phone? When do you check your WhatsApp and texts? What are your business hours? You didn't get into this business to be a mule. 
you got into the business to fulfill on something. And for you to fulfill on what you want, you have to set those boundaries and expectations with your clients. Because the more you do, the more they'll respect you. What would you, what would you recommend? I mean, right now, obviously you're a lot more established, right? But I know there's a bunch of new listeners, a bunch of new agents that are going to be like, well, how can I do that? I'm just starting out in the business. It's very easy. You set a personal standard. See that there, I get it. I hear it all the time, but that's the middle-class mindset. That's all wrapped up in a shroud of fear, lack, guilt, shame, scarcity. And then there's, and then there's the elite mind, which doesn't do that. The elite mind follows the seven laws of the universe, is grateful, sets expectations, lives their life with integrity, keeps their promises. That's a whole nother podcast, but it's, there's two worlds. There's the middle class. For round three, we'll have you back. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's the middle class mindset and then there's the elite mind. And neither world, neither mind is better than the other, by the way. No judgment on either one. And most people in our industry who are not fulfilling what they actually want are trapped in the middle class mindset. Oh, I've got to be working six days a week. I have to do this. I have to respond to this client. According to who? These are the beliefs that they've bought into from the start. Exactly. Right. And then they validate that belief system by talking to other realtors. Right. Yeah. Who, for the most part, will also be losing. Right. Exactly. Because all of them congregate to then validate why they don't have what they want, consciously or unconsciously. So do you casually, when you speak to a client, say, hey... My business hours are from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. If you call me afterwards, I'm not going to pick up. And unless we're working on a live deal or there's a fire that needs to be put out. That's correct. You see, people need to really get they are the authority of their life, not your client. Even on the million dollar deals, no special treatment. I don't care. I don't care. Who cares? The million dollar deal, I won't even get out of bed for that anymore. Who cares? <laughs> I'm serious. That's awesome. Now, when I got the 11, when I did an $11.2 million deal last year, yeah, I was all over it. But that was my choice. That was my choice. It was a decision. Exactly. So it's not, it's, not a one, it's not a one rule, everything else gets eliminated. You get to be the authority of your life. And when I was working on that transaction, which was literally this time last year, everything else was off the table. I had to find them a house off market in Oakville, the richest neighborhood in Canada. I cold called, like I put everything into that. Why? Because there was $225,000 on the line. Of course, we're going to do that. So you need to use your, not, I'm not saying this specifically to you, but if you're listening, you need to use your intelligence 
If you're running your business and you're working your deals, fantastic. But you need to put some parameters in place or else your life's just going to completely fall apart. You're going to be rich and doing deals and then everything's going to fall apart. Your relationship will fall apart. Everything will fall apart. It's one of the one of the reasons we have such a high divorce rate and drug drug abuse rate in this business. Yeah, yes. your real estate is a lifestyle, right? It's bullshit. I've heard that multiple times already. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I think it's interesting your like get your opinion on this, David. Just you know, purely based on the background that it's coming from, which is as well, all these decades in the business where it's like you had nothing, you then got everything and more than you wanted. And you're now coming out the other side. And like, I believe this is your last ever transaction, right? That's just, you've just kind of, was this the last one that we were speaking about last time? Is that it? Or is this yeah, still that, that's it. And you know, if I've got a really good friend of mine who wants to go sell a $4 million house, yeah, I'll be involved, but Mark's going to take care of everything. Yeah. Like, so it's I've a, got a big network. So if somebody comes along for a big deal, would I, you know, be part, part, part time in the transaction? Yeah, sure. I will. But that's my choice. Right. But in, in, in for me, though, my life is no longer dependent on selling another house. And if, and if you're listening to this and you think I'm sitting on millions of dollars, you're completely delusional. It's not the case. But I built myself up to be in a place where I'm comfortable to pursue what I really want. Yeah, I have I, money to invest in Facebook ads. I have money to invest in a funnel designer. I've got like, we're good. Can I go out there and live the life of the rich and famous? No. But then, then that comes down to a decision, right? This all comes exactly. down to like, I've decided that this is the life that I want. Because I, I think it. one of the things that, um, in fact, I was listening, <laughs> believe it or not, to Mike Tyson, right? And he was like, you know, they were asking what's like to have, you know, what be where you're at now all this money. And he was like, if you think life is about getting rich, it shows you've never had any money because now where I'm at now, like the thing that I give the least of a fuck about is money. It's like, I've got kids, I've got a life, like I want to be healthy. I want to live as long as I can to be with him. And it, it, I think for a lot of people, and again, take me back five, 10 years, whatever, and I'm the same where it's like, okay, that might be the case now, but like they weren't like that before they had the money. And I just want the money to know that feeling and then to, like to pass through those gates right it's like a rite of passage and i guess some people just never need that passage they understand fundamentally let's say like my dad where it's like it's always been about us he's, we've, he's got a lot of children like i'm one of many and it's always been about family for him he's never wanted to go and build this huge company it's always been about his children it's beautiful right in Two things about that. You can have both. It's not either or. Yeah. I think what is really interesting is that you bring up Mike Tyson because Mike Tyson can be moved over into a metaphor. He was top of the world. Best boxer in the world, making millions. And it's a great metaphor for the, for a lot of top producing realtors. Nobody knew at the time that Mike was dealing with what he was dealing with to the degree that he was dealing with it. Okay. You look at the top producing realtors. I know a lot of them that their soul is in a lot of trouble. 
But then Mike began to transition his identity and he went kind of crazy for a while because he was disengaging with that identity. And he, if you go look at him now, go research Mike Tyson now. He is a deeply centered and spiritual individual who has done an immense amount of unconventional healing work. An immense. So he went from the ego over to self, the essence of who he really is. And there are some podcasts out there. I don't know exactly what they were, what they are, but I know he was on Joe Rogan and a few different others. He shares his journey. And that metaphorically is a very similar journey that I went through. Top producing realtor. And then I really took a deep spiritual path, which has allowed me to get to where I am today. So I can actually fulfill on what I want, what I want. No one else. Thanks for bringing that up. That, that's and, and that's a big thing. It's what you want, not somebody else. Exactly. Right. And allowing yourself to have what you want. And, you know, raising the family, but also building multiple multi, multi-million dollar companies. Like, why not? We're here once. Have fun. Soak it up and spend it while you can. Like, there's a lot of us grow up with so much shame and guilt around having like wanting things and dreaming and being rich. There's so much shame in society about being rich. Go, just go pull up the news right now. You know, they're just trying to keep everybody down in the middle class mindset. Just keep everybody down. No, 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 no. Go soak up as much love, money, and abundance as you possibly can in this lifetime. That's the whole game, is the evolution of self. Uh, the thing about, um, let's say, rich people getting a bad rap is, uh, funnily enough, I was actually talking with someone yesterday about this exact topic, Is and this is my personal experience, the rich and very wealthy people that I know, successful business owners, have done far more good in this world than everybody else. They they take what they've got and they are usually far more generous, far more giving. You know, they help way more. They love to mentor people. They want to see people succeed. And then you get all the other people who are kind of, let's say, in that middle class trying to jump up and do whatever, who are like very scarcity, like mine, 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 and they don't give anything. And it's like, I just think that's such an interesting thing because it's not something that the media exposes that actually they do an immense amount of good for this world. The difference is, is what people don't like is they get to decide they want you know the government to decide where all this money goes and they put it into these schemes but the rich people go no we're keeping our money and we will decide what is matters to us so you know my mum died of know, breast cancer so i want to support i want to put 2 million into that breast cancer thing and the government's like no we'll do it for food stamps so they're not buying into that shit and that's their right like i believe that i believe that's their right you know and all my experience has been with the ultra wealthy and ultra rich has been they give a ton away, yeah. a ton back. And, and even if they didn't, who are you? I'm not saying this to you personally, but who are you to say 
what that wealthy person does with their money. Exactly. Couldn't who, agree more. Who gave you the authority and permission to actually say that? Yeah, 100%. They created it. Leave them alone. Go create your own. Right? That's a whole other, you know, this whole, if you look, like go on to the news right now, go on to all these outlets, and you're just going to get bombarded with middle-class mindset thinking. And there's certain newspapers that are worse than others. Like that, we have Blog To here in Toronto. We've got the Toronto Star, which is terrible. The Toronto Sun, like it's bad. But I now have the awareness. See, I haven't read the news. I don't follow the news probably for over a decade now. That's my choice. I just don't yeah. buy into it. I don't watch the news. I don't read newspapers. Nothing. Yeah. My, my my biggest sin is the fact that we do obviously a lot on social media. And I yeah. can't hide from it on my phone, but on my computer, I've actually got the newsfeed blocker. I'm not sure yeah. if anyone that hasn't heard of it, it's literally just a Chrome extension because I go on mainly for my DMs and notifications on posts just to respond to people that are interested in what we're offering and things like that. But so I don't get sucked in to like this scroll media fest. Um, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's just little tactics like that like a free Chrome extension that's going to stop you getting sucked in on your computer on social media, you wouldn't believe how much it helps. Like the amount of time I get back in my life now, I, I probably started doing this a year ago, maybe a bit more. And cause I, it was one day I became super conscious. I would been scrolling on the feed for like an hour during my working day and I should have been working. And I didn't realize I kind of got sucked in. And then I was just scrolling and watching stuff. And I'm like, Holy shit. Like, just lost an hour that I should have been working, look, doing nothing, like looking at nothing. And I, and then I was like, Google, how to get rid of me. <laughs> and it was like free Chrome extension. I was like, download. <laughs> and there we go. And I, I did it in a moment. Like as soon as I kind of became conscious that it had taken away from me, it hadn't given, given anything to me in my life. Like it hadn't gone, hey, like we've given you a load of valuable information. Because I think that's one of the lies I told myself was like, yeah, but, I work with advertising, so I want to see competitor ads and all this other shit. And then I was like, yeah, but I have tools that scrape all the ads anyway. I don't need to scroll through my feed to see them. Like I have access to tools that can just give them to me. Like this is just a lie that I was consistently telling myself that I was buying into. And then one day it was, it was that, it was that decision again. It was like, holy shit, acknowledging what is happening. I was like, this ain't happening. It stops literally right now in a moment. And I know, for example, Tony Robbins has spoken about this. I think it's kind of one of his famous mini kind of clips is people say, oh, it takes 10 years to make a decision. He's like, no, it takes 10 years to get to the point. It takes the moment to make the decision, right? It's like to drag yourself through the shit into that breaking point. Uh, it's not 10 years to collapse that decision. It's actually 10 years of shit to the breaking point. It's, decisions are momentary, right? Exactly. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. Now, before you go, we're giving access to a private training we did where we revealed the top three niches to get listings today completely for free. So if you want access, you can go and download that training at EliteAgentSecrets.com. We're regularly releasing new trainings, guides, and cheat sheets. So make sure to head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com and sign up so you don't miss out.